The Mustang Mac E. Sounds a, you... It just sounds like a, a Mustang that's made for the Scottish market, doesn't it? Aye. Mac E. <laughs> uh, do you consider yourself a Mustang fan? I've liked them in the past. I'm not a massive aficionado, and I've I've, I've owned a Camaro for a long time, so yeah. it shows you that I don't really have any yeah, great. You have any I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't wear the badge with pride. No. Okay, because the thing with this car is we're not really talking about the fact that it's uh, an electric SUV. It's sort of got. It's got a decent range. It's a decent price. It's got four doors. What we're talking about here is the fact that they've decided to slap a slightly Mustang esque front end and some rear lights and a Mustang badge on it. Yeah, I'm, I might so, surprise you now and defend this somewhere. All right, so marketing genius or dropping the ball massively? I think it's a clever gamble. So I think the Ford Motor Company is a much sharper organisation than most car companies. They're, they're results-driven. Their years of not knowing whether they had an F1 team or not on the balance sheet are gone. Mm-hmm. And they've sat down in a room and they've said, right, simple question. If we make this slightly Tesla-y, tall thing have a Mustang grille, do do we make it so much more appealing to the buying public and get so many people to sign up and put deposit on it that it's worth disenfranchising all of these sad old spitters that are dying quite quickly (laughs) that used to love the Mustang? And they've come back with a very clear answer, and that is it's worth the gamble. Uh, And I think they're probably right. Because are you going to not buy if you're if you're Mr. Mustang or Mrs. Mustang? You're not going to buy a Mustang because of that awkward-looking thing on stilts. No, you're not. Yeah. So I think it's probably quite a wise. Because the gamble. bottom line to, to most people's arguments is, calm down. You can still buy a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. when the Cayenne came out and all those. You know, we, we, we've been through these things. It's fairly basic arguments. But what's interesting is that Ford have quite clearly identified the fact that Teslas have a a sort of identity issue. They're faceless. Yeah. You're just presented with basically a sort of a, a bar of soap face. Mm-hmm. It's a shape. Mm-hmm. And because it doesn't need any air intakes, you realise that air intakes, actually, they have a dual well, purpose. They give it the, the, they the eyes and the mouth. They give you the, the facial expressions. Mm. They, they anthropomorphise the vehicle, don't they? Good word. So, so actually, you're better off choosing a face. And if you afford, you'd choose that and not a Fiesta, wouldn't yeah. you? So I think it makes sense. But, but but the issue is right now that Ford has got a bit of recent history, hasn't it? Because they've slapped the Puma badge, which is a beloved little. Well, it's to you and I, but most but a lot of people don't know what a Puma is. Yeah, but it, it's the fact that it's it's, it's not even they related it. to that old yeah, car. It's be, a small the, SUV, and they've just called it. But a let's Puma. Be, let's be let's be pragmatic about it. The Puma's been gone a long time. And it was it was great, but it wasn't it was didn't become iconic globally. It was yeah. it was loved by people like you and I. Mm-hmm. And if you're Ford and you're sitting down in one of those clinics where you've got to find a new name, and you find and you want to call it this, but you find out that means ring piece in the upper volta, mm. so you can't call it that. You then go, well, hang on a minute, we own the word Puma. We don't make a Puma anymore. Well, we might upset a few people from the from the Ford Racing Puma Owners Club, but frankly, they'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. Away you go. It it'll makes a, sense. It'll be a pie chart somewhere, won't they? Yeah. Amount of people we're going to piss off versus. Money. Let's face it. When money. it comes to misappropriating old names, Porsche win hands down. <laughs> the Cayman R, when that, well, that was 2010, yeah. 2009, 2010 car, was basically a. It had door pulls rather than mm-hmm. rather than door handles, and the, and they resurrected the R name for the most spectacular road car they ever made, the 911R. And also the 718 Boxster, which is... Which they're now calling the... A four-cylinder hunk of s***. 
<laughs> that they tried to make some connection with a racing car from the early 60s, which still doesn't work. And, yet the and they new... don't sell them. They had to make a six-cylinder version because we told them it was from the start. And yet the new, yeah, so the new GT4 is still called a 718 but has six cylinders. Yeah, they were going to call it the set, um, and you wait for it, because I think you'll find that when all boxes and Caymans go six cylinders next year, mm-hmm. it's going to be the 718 forward slash six yeah. to to pay homage to the 914, which when it mm-hmm. became six cylinders was the 914 forward dash six. And of course they've slapped turbo on the Taycan, which is... That doesn't, they, more, they claim, that, that doesn't worry me as much as it worries you. I'm not worried about it. I, I've that, got, I got over it in about that, 10 minutes. But the turbo is just, is a is nomenclature that just gives them some kind of hierarchy in their range. Like mm-hmm. the fastest one is always a turbo S, yeah. and the least one's always a four or a four S. I get that. That, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense because those badges for me don't resonate the way particular motorsport badges do. Anyhow, we start. So I love that. It just shows we start talking about a Ford, and somehow I get it on the Porsche. <laughs> Nice. Um, final question. Um, if you could own any Mustang, bring it back to the Mustang. Yeah. Uh, any Mustang from over the years, what would it be? Uh, what was the boss they did a few years ago, the track pack? Was it a boss, 30, boss 302? Boss 302 would be the one. Because I, yeah. I, I think the American cars were their best when you have a normally aspirated V8, and then they put some track bits on them. Mm. So effectively, they're equivalent of a Z28 Camaro. Um, I've driven all the fancy ones that are the GT500. GT350R. And I've driven all that. GT350R didn't work for me at all mm. because that, that was a car they loved in America because it gave them a very European-feeling engine. It's a flat-plane crank, revs to eight and a half grand. But that felt wrong to me. I want a Mustang to feel like a muscle car. Yeah. It just felt like... A muscle car pretending to be an Italian It felt like someone had bolted yeah. a 355 engine into a Mustang <laughs> as a project to me. <laughs> so I didn't, really, I didn't really get that. Um... And I've I, the base car and the bullet is the current bullet is a nice car. Go back through the the, the history of them. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the early seventies cars are quite like actually. I think they look quite cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I if you go back further into the sixties, you know the original pony cars. I, I I'm I'm a you know if you if, if you watch Bullet, you're either a Mustang man or, or you're a Charger man, mm-hmm. and I'm very much a Charger man. So uh, yeah, the modern ones probably appeal more. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jet says, subscribe. Subscribe.